At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vari on the desk today in the VEASAN studio with Wes Reynolds and ready to talk about some NFL going on today. The highest selected tight end in the NFL draft history inked his rookie contract. Uh, number four overall pick Kyle Pitts signed that four-year contract with the Atlanta Falcons today. He compiled over 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns on 97 catches in his last two seasons in Florida. Uh, so there's a couple props you can look at for him. Uh, one of them is receiving yards. The other is touchdowns. Wes, when you look at these, uh, how does this number grab you? Pitts over under 774 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 on both sides. Could see the over here. And, and Brady Cannon and I talked about this, on a, a different type of prop this afternoon on the Lombardi line in terms of over for passing yards. I think everybody is kind of prone to want to play Matt Ryan under those passing yards because Julio Jones is now a member of the Tennessee Titans. But Atlanta's got plenty of weapons on offense. And including this young rookie now, Kyle Pitts, who probably in terms of, I guess, best overall player, maybe didn't necessarily fit a need, so he wasn't rated number one, but was seen kind of as one of the couple... I guess can't miss, and maybe that's an extreme term, but in terms of a talent, he was the clear best guy at tight end in his draft. He was the best pass catcher, obviously not rated with the receivers like Jamar Chase and those guys, but 
Atlanta's got a lot of offense, and Matt Ryan now has a new offensive coordinator down there. It's Dave Ragone, but Arthur Smith, who is the offensive coordinator at Tennessee, is now the head coach in Atlanta. So, look, there's always an adjustment to a new offensive coordinator, but I think it's going to be an improvement. I think the Atlanta offense, even though it's been good, has been very much a disappointment. So you do have Pitts and Hurst kind of in that two tight end formation they may elect to run like uh, like Arthur Smith ran in Tennessee. You also still have Calvin Ridley. You have multiple pass catchers out of the backfield. So I think Atlanta's problem is not going to necessarily be offense, even though Matt Ryan I know is getting a little bit older. But we saw a few times last year he's still capable of a big game. This is a team that's defense may let him down and have him get behind. So they're going to have to be throwing. So if I'm going to play this, I know it's awful hard to do it on a rookie because there's no bigger step than from college football, even the SEC at a program like Florida, to the NFL. But I think Pitts could certainly get it done. I would lean to the over here. What about seven and a half touchdowns for his touchdown prop? Uh, minus 110 on both sides. That is something that might be split, too, because Atlanta, I do think, is going to run a little more double tight ends than they certainly did before when Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator and under the uh, under the previous coach, Dan Quinn. So that's where it may get a little dicey because you may get Hayden Hurst being, being a target in the end zone. And obviously Matt Ryan does now have a year with Hayden Hurst. So he probably has some comfort with him. So I don't know necessarily about the touchdown. Seven and a half seems a little bit high. high. It's going to be a pass for me. I think earlier when they had props up, you could get him at six touchdowns. And I know some people like the over mm -hmm. on that, especially with the extra game we're going to see this season. Uh, but the other thing that he's going to be in the mix for is rookie of the year. So if we take a look at the rookie of the year odds, Trevor Lawrence is of course the short shot at three to one Najee Harris going to get a lot of action on the Steelers most likely five to one Trey Lance on the 49ers six to one Justin Fields seven to one and then Kyle Pitts eight to one yeah when I'm looking at this I go process of elimination I know you mentioned Harris getting action but now that the Steelers just let go of David DeCastro they Where's are their line <laughs> they are completely rebuilding that offensive line so yeah. that's why people are like why are you drafting running back we know you need one but why are you going first round instead of going with offensive line because that defense in Pittsburgh's championship defense but they could not run the ball they were dead last in the NFL last year so he's a scratch for me Trey Lance is not going to start immediately so him and Fields I would scratch off I know Trevor Lawrence is starting immediately and that's why you see him at three dollars but this is obviously a totally new staff with Urban Meyer now in charge so who knows if they're going to be a big passing team I would like to think that they're going to be a little balanced because they did draft Travis Etienne to go along with the rookie James Robinson so I do think Urban and company run want to run the ball a little bit down there so if I look a little bit down the board Cal Pitts might not have the worst odds, even though these awards usually go to quarterbacks and you see they're three of the four top choices and actually four of the top six, if you include Zach Wilson, but Pitts might not be the worst option, but that is so hard for a tight end. Like if you're a tight end and you're going to win an award like this, you better have like close to 10 touchdowns and well over a thousand yards receiving. So would need a little bit more, even though Pitts makes sense. Yeah, I mean, nobody saw a tight end get drafted as high as he did until mm -hmm. this year. So maybe he is going to be the one that's able to finally uh, edge out a quarterback for Rookie of the Year here. Uh, stick with us. We have more to get to. MLB action right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Danielle Avari, Wes Reynolds, back here in the VSIN studio uh, for my guys in the desert. Some great guests coming up this hour, or rather just one. Uh, Greg Calarco, tennis and soccer analyst uh, from Snowman Sports Media. And again, huge thanks to Dan Rosen uh, from NHL.com for joining us in the last hour. If you missed any of that, you can always check it out at vcin.com or you can check it out on our Best Bets podcast as well. You can catch replays of all of our shows. So uh, taking a look at the MLB slate, which we haven't had a chance to look at yet, Wes, for today, uh, which game jumps out to you the most or do you have any action on tonight? Well, I've got a couple we'll get to, and we'll start with the Yankees mm-hmm. and the Angels. Andrew Heaney against Jamison Tyone. Total has now been bet up to 10, seeing some juice to the under. It was 9.5 in the overnight. And I do kind of like the over here, actually, or actually the under, rather, because I do think that we are going to get regression, really, on both sides. You look at Andrew Heaney, 472 ARA, but 357 on the XFIP, so a difference there. Jamison Tyone, been a little bit up and down lately. Is either very good in one start or like a couple weeks ago against the Phillies, he doesn't even make it out of the first inning. But 518 on the ERA, 448 on the XFIP. So I think you got positive regression really on both sides. And quite frankly, these offenses, even though they're considered high-powered, have not really been producing the most runs as of lately. And I think that they're a little bit overvalued, basically, on what you've seen. You look at the Yankees not hitting well at home against left-handed pitching. We're so used to all these years following the Yankees, how dominant they are and how they absolutely smash left-handers around the ballpark. They're hitting just 133 against left-handed pitching the last two weeks at home. Uh, 287 weighted on-base average, only 644 on the OPS they're striking out against lefties about a third a little over a third of the time so the Angels also on the road have not been that great of late I think over the last two weeks on the road against righties 206 just a 671 OPS so I thought this total got a little inflated at around 10 here so I like the under in this spot how worried should you be if you are on the Yankees win total over at this point should have some concern, I certainly think, because uh, we I want to see if Brian Cashman is going to do something at the deadline. I just saw something, I think it was uh, in the New York Post sports section, he's like, we suck right now. And, and he's right. Thank you but, for acknowledging but he, yeah. But he's part of the sucktitude as well because <laughs> of the fact that he has not made a lot of moves, and we're going to see if he's going to be able to do it because, look... When, it, when it's daddy's money, when it was George Steinbrenner's money, the sons were all about, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we're winning, we're spending money. But now that it's their money, they're a little bit tighter with, with the coin <laughs> here. So they've wanted to say and they've said, you know, we want to stay under the deck. So we're going to be seeing if the Yankees are going to be, you know, like the boss. And we kind of I talked about that earlier today with Brady Cannon, because one of the big stories in baseball right now is Kyle Schwarber who has 15 home runs in his last 17 games. Kyle Schwarber, IU guy, by the way. And he's doing very well for the Washington Nationals. All of a sudden, he moved him to the leadoff spot, and he's hitting him out of the yard. And it's like, Kyle Schwarber in the offseason was available. He would have been perfect for Yankee Stadium. He would have been perfect on that short right field porch and hitting home runs. And the Yankees do need a consistent bat because they've been, I think, consistently inconsistent. Their best hitter probably over the last couple weeks has been Gary Sanchez, who who never really gets it done on average, (laughs) but can certainly knock him out of the yard. So... You know, the Yankees, I just think they got to get better with the bats. The bullpen, I think, by and large, has been good. They had a rough week last week. But by and large, the bullpen has not.
not their problem, especially if they can get Severino back later this season and give him some reinforcement to Britton and Chapman on the back end. That's still one of the best one-two punches and bullpens in all of baseball. But back to this game specifically, you do have kind of an under-leaning umpire here, and sometimes I look at the umpires. I don't go too much into that, but Dan Iasonia, a little bit more of a of an under-umpire for this spot, so I do like the under-10 here with the Yankees and the Angels. Okay, I'm going to entertain the people who do really like to very scrutinize the umpire situation. How do you decide whether an umpire is an under umpire? Well, it's just based on results and you can find those results okay. at different little metric sites. I think now Iasagna, it's not like it's really hugely a pronounced advantage. I think he's about 52 and a half percent lifetime. So mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, this guy is going to be under 80% of the time or something like that, but it's just another factor here, but Some to consider. nevertheless, I think the pitchers regress and you get two decent outings from these starters tonight. They can go in the sixth inning, so I like the under 10. By the way, we have to TM Sucktitude for Wes Reynolds. That's just such a great phrase and such a Wes phrase, so Sucktitude, TM. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Schwarber, so let's talk about the Rays at the Nationals tonight, 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Rich Hill on the hill versus Joe Ross. What do you think we're going to see? Yeah, Rich Hill and that curveball going to be on the hill for the Tampa Bay Rays, who kind of got right a little bit. They had a rough road trip a couple weeks ago, and this is only going to be a two-game set here at Nationals Park. Now they're only a half game back of, of the Boston Red Sox, but Rays did take care of business at home against the Angels this weekend, so now you look at what's going on here with Rich Hill. He is going to the mound, 16th start of the season, uh, fielding independent about a little bit over 4, 418 to be exact. The strikeouts are actually up, surprisingly enough, for not a, not a guy that throws a lot with a lot of velocity, a lot of off-speed, a lot of curve balls. 9.2 strikeouts per nine innings. He had only 7.2 last season in that shortened COVID 2020 season. The home run rate is relatively solid, but it's still a little bit higher than last year. And also the hard hit rate is higher for Rich Hill. So now you've got a Nats team that's not bad against left-handed pitching. Uh, 322 weighted on base average, about top 10 in Major League Baseball against left-handed. So Hill is never a guy, too, that's going to go deep into a game. He's going to give you at most five innings. He's not going to be a guy that's going to give you six and two-thirds or seven and a third. So I wouldn't think that he is going to do that. And obviously, Kevin Cash will go to that bullpen. We see the Rays often go with an opening starter. So he has no problem doing that. They've pitched a lot of innings, but they're absolutely used to that. And they've been one of the better bullpens in baseball. So... We'll see what Joe Ross does now, rebounding from that last start where he was at Miami on June 24th. Seven shutout innings, four hits, and struck out eight batters. So that was his best of the season. But overall, the season has not necessarily been great for Joe Ross. So was that an aberration, or did he turn the corner? And I'm not so sure. He's been kind of a consistently inconsistent is basically what he's been. He does give up too many home runs, gives up 1.6 home runs per nine innings. So that's always a concern uh, uh, against the Tampa Bay team that's very good against right-handed pitching, which, of course, Joe Ross is. So when I was looking at this, I wanted to make a case for the Nats here because they do hit left-handed pitching well. Lean a little bit to the Rays here in the spot. I'm seeing like minus 110 out there right now, just kind of checking the market here. So would actually like to play the over if I could find a nine. And if you could find a nine juice to the over, maybe like 120 or 125-ish because I'm seeing some nine and a halves. This did move up from eight and a half in the overnight. So that is what I would be looking for. If I can't find a nine or better, this is a stay away on the total. 
Before we look at our next game, I do want to ask you about something that a lot of handicappers have had to kind of address in the last couple of weeks because the players are having to address the sticky substance mm-hmm. matter. And we've seen some changes. Uh, the ball's getting a little bit less spin rate. Uh, you're seeing a little bit more scoring going on. How have you had to adjust with that? How have you looked at that? I haven't adjusted much, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because I don't think that it's necessarily the spin rate. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of the natural order of things in uh. baseball when you're getting to June. And we're seeing, I was watching, a morning show this morning and we're seeing this heat wave especially it, like in the Pacific Northwest where where it is, is unreasonably hot and you're seeing temperatures get hot over the summer and when that happens the ball is going to travel a little bit more and you look at some of these like hitters ballparks like some ballparks are more pitchers ballparks like a lot of the ones on the west coast like uh, up in San Francisco or obviously in Oakland with that massive foul territory out there at the Oco and then you have some parks that are hitters parks like Yankee Stadium or like Fenway or like Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, the new ballpark down in Atlanta. Another pitcher's park, I should say, is down in Texas. Uh, Used to be the ballpark at Arlington. You could just breathe on it and it'd go out of the ballpark, but not (laughs) necessarily anymore. So keep that in mind. I mean, I'm not saying the sticky stuff and the check isn't playing a part of it, but I think it's a smaller part than we think. I think it's mostly the weather. Well, and it can even be as simple as a mental thing, right? Them Mm -hmm. having to make these switches in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing position players. We saw it in uh, Philadelphia, I forget the guy's name, they put a position player to try to save some bullpen arms for obviously tonight in this series against Miami, and they were checking some you know, position player for sticky stuff, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. You know, you get some of these position players that'll throw 60 or 70 miles an hour up there. I've seen some guys, Williams Astadulo from the Minnesota Twins, uh, the heavy set outfielder, He's throwing like 46 miles an hour when they put him at the game in this mop-up time. So it is getting something to get used to. I think it is getting ridiculous, though. We have a lot of games that are going to get underway in just under an hour here. Just in the next hour, eight games that are going to get started. One of those, the Royals and the Red Sox, 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. So Brad Keller versus Nick Pavetta. The Royals trying to avoid their seventh straight loss. They blew a 5-0 lead in 6-5 to loss yesterday. Brad Keller is an absolute fade, and I think the market has recognized that. So now you're probably uh, late to the party if you do want to get involved in this. I think overnight I saw like 170. Now I'm seeing about 220, 225. Look, I'm never going to play a game or bet a game that's moved 50 cents already. So don't be late to the party and early to the funeral, so to speak. So (laughs) this is one in terms of like betting a raw side I would leave alone. I mean, maybe you could use the Red Sox if you're wanting to do like a two-team money line parlay or something like that. But even Even then, you've still lost value within the parlay. Ten and a half, not going to bet it. I think it's already been adjusted, but I do lean to the over. Brad Keller uh, has not been good this season. It looks like he should have some positive regression, but the thing is, when you expect that positive regression, it never comes. 362 on the batting average balls in play. So that sometimes I often say that indicates luck and bad luck against the pitcher. Well, sometimes it's bad luck, but sometimes it's bad pitching. And that's kind of <laughs> what it's been for Brad Keller this year. Nick Pivetta had been very solid amongst a lot of these Red Sox starters. Four on the ERA, 4.3 on the XFIP. So nothing for me here. Small lean to the over. What about the uh, Marlins at the Phillies? Yesterday, the Marlins had the day off, and they also made a trade with the Blue Jays. Today on the mound tonight, Trevor Rogers versus Vince Velasquez. What do you think? Yeah, and uh, one of the things you worry about for Vinny V on the Marlins side is you always worry about those walks. 
and they, they can often be too high, but they are getting the money today against the Marlins because Trevor Rogers is a very good left-hander. Marlins got a lot of really good arms. They just don't have a lot of good hitters, and that's why you're seeing them under uh, 11 games under 500. Trevor Rogers two on the ERA, but 334 on the XBIP. So that shows you that there's probably a little bit of negative regression coming for Trevor Rogers. I did not bet this game. We've kind of had a flip of favorites here because the Marlins were the early favorites. Philadelphia has taken a little bit of the money today, starting to see. I think at the bet MGM right now, it's minus 110, but there's some like minus 105 out there on the Philadelphia Phillies. I do think that the market is getting it right with the move to Philadelphia, but nothing for me. What about the Blue Jays also going on tonight? Uh, they play the Mariners at home. Uh, the Blue Jays are at home, rather, 7 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Chris Flexen versus Robbie Ray. What Boy, talk think? about a big move. This was 175 and now seeing 235. And I think a lot of it, too, is because the Mariners got a couple of regular batters out of the lineup. Taylor Trammell, Jake Bowers, Shed Long is also going to be out. So Mariners going to be short-handed. But you are getting a Robbie Ray whose strikeout rate is down and who can walk the world at times so a big adjustment I think already on this game where I would likely go is the under here at under 10 if I could get it there's some nine and halves out there I'd go under 10 minus a dollar 15. We have two more games that are going to get underway and then or excuse me three more games that are going to get underway in the next couple of minutes here Tigers at Indians Padres at Reds and Mets at Braves any interest on these ones for you? I will start with the Mets and the Braves mm-hmm. and I don't like the side or the total here but I do like an option that I don't think is bet enough here and that is a team total with the Atlanta Braves and that would be the Atlanta Braves over four and a half I think I'm seeing the big right now about minus 130 by default and one of the reasons I do like this is because you've got a young guy going for the Mets uh, McGill who only went four and a third innings and has only started the season last week so that means the Mets albeit a very good bullpen is going to have to get a lot of work tonight so I do like the Braves in 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 terms of of the over with the team total and like I said when we were talking about summer and the temperature heating up that benefits the Atlanta Braves who do play in a pitcher's park down there or a hitter's park down there in truest park so I'm gonna go ahead and say Braves on the over four and a half and it's basically like 130 135 right now I think the Mets are gonna have to really go to that bullpen early so I like the Braves get over four and a half runs what about the Padres and the Reds it was supposed to be Blake Snell on the mound but he is scratched for the Padres it's gonna be Craig Stammen so now a bullpen day for the Padres how does that affect this game well it might be better for the Padres actually because when this opened in the overnight you saw a lot of fade of Blake Snell. Blake Snell has very pronounced home and away splits. I know Matt Humans talked about that on Fall of the Money this morning, and you did see the money come toward the Cincinnati Reds. Now the price has been about stable. Not a real huge adjustment, despite the fact that it's uh, Craig Stammen against Santillan. Santillan is a guy that doesn't have a lot of reps this year, so it's a little bit hard to get a gauge on what he is going to do, but Padres are uh, going to play a little bit shorthanded, obviously, now with Snell, but it could be, I think, good good for them. Cincinnati Reds, Tucker Barnhart not going to go tonight as a catcher. Also, Tyler Nake went out of the lineup, but for the most part, both these teams are healthy. Lean to the Padres, but usually when there's a pitching change this late in the game, I'm often than not stay away. Let's see if we can sneak in this last one, because it's the last one that's going to be starting in the next couple of minutes. Tigers at Indians, Urena versus Mejia. 
Yeah, and uh, Mejia, by the way, 627 on the ERA, 401 on the XFIP. So could get a little bit of positive regression. Tigers have been plucky this year, despite the fact that they're 11 games under 500. Price has gotten a little big on the Indians, about a 25-cent move. If I do anything here, I'm going to take the plus price with Detroit. All right. Uh, impressive. Why well, she got to every game that's going to get underway in the next 40 minutes here. Uh, so we're going to have to get some more information from Wes next, though. We're going to do best bets. I've bet on the WNBA because simply probably because they're playing, really. Uh, so we'll have best bets next. And we have Greg Calarco coming up as well to talk tennis and more right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
Welcome back in. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get a $250 match bonus, the fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid. In Iowa, Danielle Alvari, Wes Reynolds, back here to talk best bets on My Guys in the Desert. And uh, I will go first because Wes is a gentleman. He lets the ladies go first. Uh, WNBA action going on. Getting underway in just about 30 minutes or so. Uh, both games starting, rather. Liberty versus the Dream and the Mystics versus the Sun. Uh, I took Liberty plus three and a half here, and I also have the over, over 171 here. This is me betting on Benijah, as I like to say. Benijah Laney has been nothing but consistent uh, for the Liberty so far this season. The last time that these two teams played was last Saturday. They've already played uh, – two times. This will be the third time that they meet up on Saturday. The Liberty won 101 to 78. Really surprising to see a blowout there, but the dream were down Monique Billings, who actually was a UCLA basketball player. She should be back tonight, so uh, you can expect to see a little bit more presence in the paint for the dream tonight, but I think that the Liberty have finally found the rhythm again here. Sammy Whitcomb went off for 30 points on Saturday's game. Benajelani, of course, always good for 20 points or more. She had 28 in that one. So I like the Liberty here getting points of them plus three and a half. And even though this is the second time these teams are playing in the, you know, such a short span of time and the first game did go well under that 171, I believe it was uh, 90 to 80, something like that. Um, I still think we're going to see an over here. Both these teams love to score the dream more in the paint, the Liberty more from the perimeter. And then Mystics and Sun also going on tonight. I will take six points with the Mystics and against pretty much anyone. Uh, they are hurting. They still have no Elena Del Don back yet. Uh, their leader, uh, more or less. But the Mystics versus the Sun here, I'm expecting a close matchup here. Six is a lot for the Sun to cover. They've been struggling a little bit, but they're the team to beat. They're actually the only team that I have a futures ticket on right now for the WNBA championship. Uh, so they like to keep these games low scoring. They make other teams play to their pace. So I'm expecting to see an under 157 here. Kurt Miller, I believe, back on the sidelines for now the Sun. for the yes, Connecticut their head Sun. Coach. Did kind of take a leave of absence, went back home to Pennsylvania. So he is back. And uh, facing off against the old-time uh, Connecticut Sun coach, Mike Tebow, who is now in Washington. Right. Uh, Wes, what do you have for going on tonight? Okay, we'll start with a prop. Uh, I went with Bobby Portis over 13.5 points and rebounds and assists uh, combined. So Bobby Portis has been playing more minutes as of late. I know that in game one, he had 15 minutes. He had 11 points and eight rebounds. Didn't really do much in game two because Milwaukee was up by about a million, like 20 minutes into the game. So really a lot of reserves ended up playing for Milwaukee, but he had 15 points and four rebounds in game three, had an assist in each one of those games. And he's really dominating in terms of the offensive glass, despite the fact that he's only playing a little bit north of 15 minutes a game I think 16.4 to be exact and also when you look at this with Milwaukee 
It's depending a little bit on on what Trey Young is going to give you, and they're going to know early on Atlanta what he is going to be able to give them, and Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer is going to be able to sense that. So that's why I go a little bit away from those star props here with Giannis and with Chris Middleton. You're already paying the tax. So I think if you're getting in this player prop market, the value is really on a lot of the third and fourth and fifth starters or maybe a couple guys off the bench. And Bobby Portis has extended his minutes a little bit here. He has been given them some baskets down low. I talked about in the open of the first hour how the Bucs are like 70% at the rim. That's not all Giannis here either. That's the guards getting to the rim. That's also Bobby Portis. That's also Brooke Lopez. So Portis in terms of his over his combined points, rebounds, and assists is the way I went there. Also talked about Rays and the Nationals, how the Nationals hit lefties very well, and they're getting one tonight with Rich Hill. But Joe Ross, I kind of need to see more than that last start he made where he went seven innings and had eight strikeouts. So I don't know if I'm a believer yet. So it's a little bit heavy big because there's nine and a half out there, but over nine minus 125. Also Marlins in the Phillies over nine. I do believe Trevor Rogers, who is very talented. He is going to get some regression, much higher XFIP than is obviously his ERA. And then you have Vince Velasquez, who I worry walked too many guys, despite the fact that this Marlins team doesn't hit very well. They might might get bailed out with some walks. So over nine, Miami, Philadelphia. Do you see yourself betting more overs lately because it's been heating? I up? do a little bit because I'm a bit I'm more of an underbetter in April and May when the temperatures are a little bit colder. Hitters haven't made the adjustments. So I have my found myself betting a few more overs of late. Uh, yeah, my no run in the first inning has been miserable lately. It's all runs everywhere. We'll talk tennis and soccer next. part of our show or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with v Best Bets. You can also download Beating the Book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at v slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Wes, did you guys already do your new episode of Long Shots this week? We did. It's currently out and available at vcin.com. And of course, we'll air after the nightcap uh, on vcin on all the various platforms. Check out vcin.com for more details. Yeah, if you're into golf. But let's talk a little bit about tennis and soccer and bring in our tennis soccer analyst we have on today, Greg Kalarko from Snowman Sports Media. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Very happy to be with you guys. So, Greg, one of the top storylines obviously being discussed today, Serena Williams forced to withdraw in the first set after suffering an ankle injury. How is this going to impact the rest of this tournament? 
Well, the, the women's draw is wide open. I mean, we saw at the French Open a couple weeks ago that of the four semifinalists, two were unseeded. We had a 17 seed in Maria Sakari and then a 31 seed in Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova. So right now, as I look at the odds on the women's side, everything is blown wide open with no Serena. You already have Petra Kvitova, who was upset as well. Naomi Osaka didn't make the trip to London for personal reasons. Simona Halep, the defending champion at Wimbledon, she's out with a calf injury. So Ash Barty right now, the betting favorite, I see her around plus 400, but she comes in with uh, health problems of her own, had to withdraw from Roland Garros with a hip injury, so she might not be 100%. Arena Sabalenka, the two seed, she's never been to the quarterfinals or beyond of a Grand Slam. More question marks there. I actually like Garbine Muguruza, the 2017 Wimbledon champion, to make a deep run. Now, she would be my favorite, won her first round very comfortably, 6-love, six 6-1. Six yeah, and Greg, looking at the draw here, and you mentioned Ash Barty with the injuries. She's the best grass court player in the world, but she did not have any lead up. She did not play Eastbourne, which is usually the 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 kind of the precursor event to the All England Club. So what I did, I kind of went a little bit down the board, and I'm interested in your thoughts here. I played a couple longer shots. I played Ben Chich at forty to one. I played Rabakina at twenty five to one. Also, was maybe looking to get in on Annette Conovate. Now I want to see her get through her first match but I just don't like any of the favorites here really at Wimbledon I, I don't like uh, Muguruza is probably the one I like the most but Swiatek uh, Kerber and we've already seen Kvitova upset past their prime so do you like any longer shots down the board that you think can make me make a run like we saw at the French Open the the one name you said that I'm on board with is Elena Rivik we saw Rebekina make a quarterfinal run at Roland Garros, and she's the kind of player, you know, six feet, six foot one with a big, powerful serve, very flat ground strokes, which is great for grass court tennis. And she's got a pretty favorable draw. Iga Swiatek, though, you mentioned her as well. I don't know. She's still got a lot to prove on grass. She just picked up her first grass court win ever yesterday of her career. So we know how good she is on clay, but Swiatek remains uh, some question marks there. Maybe Coco Goff. I mean, Coco's got the movement and the serve and uh, a world-class backhand. For her, it's about the, the second serve and the double fault yips for me. But uh, another long shot I want to I wanna throw out there, Yelena Ostapenko. She just won the title in Eastbourne that you mentioned, a big tune-up grass event. Ostapenko, though, coming off that, her fourth career title. And she's a player with a very high-ceiling, low floor. So if she gets hot... Watch out for Ostapenko. And she's 20 to 1 right now, I'm seeing at BetMGM. So a decent price as this uh, wide open women's draw, Danielle. But I don't know if we have as wide open a men's draw. And we'll be get Greg's thoughts on that. Of course, Novak Djokovic now, the odds on favorite, minus 160. Yeah. Is it Djokovic or bust at this point? I mean, it's, it's yeah. I, I can't see anyone, honestly, winning this tournament unless Djokovic just totally implodes like we saw at the, the U.S. Open last year. Let's put it this way. He's won seven of the last 11 Grand Slam titles since the 2018 Wimbledon. He's just been on fire. And the four times he didn't win, uh, one time he was beaten by Dominic Team at the French Open. Well, Team, he's out with a wrist injury. He was beaten by Stan Wawrinka at the 2019 U.S. Open. Stan's out with a knee injury. He was beaten in the French Open final last year by the King of Clay, Rafa Nadal. Nadal not, not uh, at Wimbledon, though, because of the short turnaround from the French. And then the other time uh, Djokovic didn't win the, the major in the last few years was at the U.S. Open last year when he uh, hit a lines person in the throat with a ball. So unless Djokovic totally implodes like that and uh, defaults on himself, 
I see him picking up major number 20, tying his two biggest rivals, Nadal and Federer, in the process. And speaking of one of those rivals, Roger Federer today does get through, despite the fact that they were two sets apiece. Adrian Monoreno had to withdraw due to a knee injury. I think he slipped on the court. What do you think Roger Federer's ceiling is for this Wimbledon, Greg? Fed, it's all about, you know, body management and the physical toll, recovery, bouncing back from day to day. So he already spent two hours and 45 minutes on the court, as you mentioned, uh, Wes, uh, in that that grind fest against Manorino, four sets. And it could have gone longer if Manorino, uh, you know, didn't have that unfortunate slip. But, you know, I, I think because of his serve, how good he is at placing that and when the forehand is on, you know, we know what Federer can do at the grass courts at Wimbledon. It's just going to be uh, it's just going to be managing the body and recovering. And, you know, early on, though, in the first week, he doesn't have a whole lot of big servers, guys like uh, John Isner or Milos Raonic, who can necessarily take the racket out of your hand. So it's a good opportunity for Fed to kind of work his way into the tournament. However, I think, uh, you know, towards the, the business end, if he's playing guys like Daniel Medvedev, Alexander Zverev and the Novak Djokovic in the final, it's uh, I don't know how much he's going to have left in the tank. Well, Greg, I know that you're also a huge soccer fan. And with uh, just under two minutes here, I want to make sure we talk to you about the Euro 2020. Lots of action going on yesterday that was exciting, even if you're not a big soccer fan. And even today, uh, we saw something exciting as well. So what have been some of the biggest surprises to you so far in this tournament? Well, uh, I'm a little heartbroken right now because I am a, a huge Germany fan. They had a tough one. I had to take it on the chin against England at Wembley Stadium today, the 2-0 defeat. I think Ukraine is obviously the biggest shock of those eight teams. Ukraine was barely, I mean, they were the worst third place team to qualify for the knockout stage. And somehow they find themselves now in the quarterfinals. I think it's wide open though. On that England half, Denmark and Czech Republic, you know, Denmark playing without their best player, Christian Eriksen, because of the, uh, you know, the unfortunate situation there. But Switzerland, France then in the penalties yesterday, that was the, uh, the match of the tournament for me. Switzerland coming back from two goals down in the last six or seven minutes to, uh, to beat the best team in the world, France. That was, uh, that was quite the scene. Greg, got about 30 seconds left. I was looking at the updated odds after Ukraine able to beat Sweden here in extra time. England right now, 2-1, to one, the favorite to win this whole thing. Too short? I know that draw is a little bit easier, but, boy, that seems short to me. Well, they're not the best team remaining in the tournament, but they do have the cakewalk draw playing Ukraine in the quarterfinals. And England going to be at home in London for the semis and potentially the finals. So I think England should be the favorite right now. Greg Calarco from Snowman Sports Media. Greg, thanks so much. You can find him on Twitter at Greg Calarco, C-A-L-A-R-C-O. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, guys. All right, so first European tournament of any kind without France or Germany in the round of eight since 1950. That's only a stat that Wes Reynolds would know. Uh, we have a lot more to get to. Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Danielle Alvari, Wes Reynolds, back for one last time on My Guys in the Desert. And before we get to some NBA prop action for tonight, let's talk about the College World Series, Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Game two, what is the update, Wes? Yeah, and there is going to be a weather delay, by mm-hmm. the way, in Omaha. We've had a couple of those already, so won't be starting here at the top of the hour but should get it in tonight Mississippi State has taken the money I saw about 130 135 here early in the morning now seeing it bet down to plus 110 part of that I think is obviously the bounce back from last night where it was all Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt really kind of caught a little bit of a break despite the fact that they were the in tournament favorite they were plus 175 I believe before we got started here in Omaha and that was at BetMGM so what you saw Vanderbilt got that extra day of rest because they did play in NC State on Friday and beat them. NC State was not eliminated from the tournament by another team. They were eliminated by COVID-19, of course, couldn't go. So Vanderbilt got that extra day of rest. And you saw uh, with uh, uh, Kumar Rocker, or actually Jack Leiter in the first game, got going and, and, and really good for Vanderbilt. So now they are not necessarily going with Kumar Rocker. I think that they may go with him if we do see a game three in Omaha. They are going to go with Christian Little. 
Houston Harding is going to go for Mississippi State. Now, how long Houston Harding stays in the game is kind of going to beg the question uh, And 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 when you really look at this because – the reliever that they have at Mississippi State is a guy named Landon Sims, who I believe struck out like 85 of 158 batters in the regular season. So the best closer of any team here really in Omaha. And I'm a little surprised that they didn't go with Kumar Rocker to kind of go for the kill here. I think that they're going to save him for the game three because Mississippi State is going to go with their ace in game three, Will Bednar, who has really been the dominant pitcher. He struck out 22 and 12 and a third innings of work against Texas and back-to-back appearances. So Bednar was the guy that they had to pitch to basically stay within the draw on Friday night. So they want another day of rest for him. He's going to be pitching on short rest anyway, should this go game three. So we are seeing Houston Harding and Christian Little. These are not the aces of either staff. So what we've seen so far is this game has been bet to the over because you're not getting the aces really of either staff. Over nine, basically pretty much all over the market. Minus 115, I'm seeing at Circus Sports, some minus 120s out there. So I don't disagree with that move. I actually wanted to bet Mississippi State on the series price today, but could not really find it hardly <laughs> anywhere because I do think that they bounce back tonight, and then I do think we get the battle of the aces with Kumar Rocker and, of course, uh, Will Bednar for Mississippi State. Well, Mississippi State right now on DraftKings on the money line, even money, and Vanderbilt slightly favored at minus 129. Agree total. with the move, but yeah. it's, it's lost a little value, so it's just going to be a sit and watch for me. And then for the overall winner, Vanderbilt sitting at minus 500, Mississippi State plus 355 is the number. I think Mississippi State at plus 355 for the overall series winner might not be a bad take. Actually, where did you find DraftKings? You of found course. that at DraftKings, yeah. which of course we do not have available here <laughs> in Las Vegas, Nevada. But I do kind of recommend that. I, I think Mississippi State's got a game in them tonight. And then when you've got the two aces, Kumar Rocker and Will Bednar on the mound, really anything can happen. Rocker shut them down back in April in a regular season meeting, but when you see a guy the second time around, oftentimes you can make adjustments. So I think Mississippi State, despite what we saw last night, is very live here in Omaha. And probably hungry because they are looking for their first win yes. in this, uh, whereas Vanderbilt, not their first time here, but maybe that's to their advantage. Uh, game four in the NBA playoffs going on on tonight, Bucks at Hawks. The Bucks a six and a half point favorite, seven at some books. The total sitting around two eighteen and a half, even two nineteens out there. Let's take a look at the player props. Now we talked about these a little bit at the top of the first hour here, Wes, and you mentioned that even though one of the most bet on props was Trey Young's points prop under, you would stay away from any Trey Young props because we don't really know what's going on with him tonight. Yeah, you would assume that he's going to be at least a half a step slow. But look, we have seen these heroic efforts, and maybe he does go Willis Reed and all. Of a sudden gets on one and gives you a big performance here. So I understand why people are betting that under, but that's something I'm going to stay away from. And plus, the odds makers know that there's an injury too. So you're not really getting value. It's like, oh man, Trey Young's hurt. I got to go bet this under. It's like, that's already baked into the cake when you look <laughs> at that. And and that's something I often try to tell a lot of newer listeners and bit that are maybe new betters to the market. A lot of this stuff is already priced in. Assume it is priced in. Assume if you know it, they know it. So you're not necessarily fooling or pulling one over on anybody. So that's why I stay away from a lot of these star props. But the way, as I mentioned earlier, to play against Trey Young, I think, is to play some Drew Holiday props over. And that would be the Steels prop at one and a half. Also like the one and a half on the three-pointers because – 
it takes more effort to play defense than it does to play offense, really, in any sport, and especially in the NBA with these great players and these great shooters. So, Trey Young, look, is he going to maybe take a little bit of a powder on defense to try to save his team because that team obviously needs some scoring? We said the numbers in the first in the first segment of the program, how Atlanta's offense has been absolutely down and Milwaukee's has been terrific with that 118.6 points, I believe, per 100 possessions. So, we don't know how healthy he is, and that's why I ultimately stay away from a Trey Young prop. I think the way to play against that, though, is to play Drew Holiday on the steals over. Because if Young is a step slow going to the basket, then that means Drew Holiday's got the chance with those quick hands to knock some balls away and force some turnovers. So that's why I like that prop over one and a half. Well, we also talked about Clint Capella. What do you think we're going to get out of him tonight? Probably not a lot of defense because we haven't gotten a lot of defense out of him really for the full series. Because if you look, uh, uh, the Bucks have, I believe, 96 attempts at the rim in this series so far. And, and take out the garbage time in game two when they were up like 40 points going into the fourth quarter. The Bucks basically have shot 70% at the rim. It has been Giannis. It has been Bobby Portis. It's been Brooke Lopez. It's been getting the guards getting to the rim. Holiday, Middleton, et cetera, et cetera. Clint Capella just doesn't have any help out there, and he's going to need some help. You know, kind of when I was looking at this series before we started, I thought, okay, he's probably breathing a sigh of relief that he doesn't have to guard Joel Embiid anymore. But now he has to guard Giannis, who's a little bit, you know, longer armed and, and a little bit quicker. Not necessarily the postgame Joel Embiid has, but certainly very hard to stop at the rim, especially when he gets driving and he's got those go-go gadget long arms. Uh, remember, Inspector Gadget, go-go gadget arms that would extend like 20 feet. But nevertheless, uh, Milwaukee has basically had the, their way with Atlanta this whole series offensively, 118.6 per 100 possessions. Atlanta has really struggled to score, only 104.7 points per 100 possessions. When Trey Young went off the floor in the fourth quarter on Sunday, Atlanta was .77 points per possession. That is very anemic offensively if you're new to kind of these basketball analytics. So. I thought the spread was about right. It's already kind of priced in in terms of Trey Young's status. Also, Bogdanovich has not been 100% in this series. So what I end up doing is laying the bucks on the money line in a parlay with the smaller baseball favorite. See if you, how close you can get it to even or plus money. That would be the approach I would make. We did see sevens out there. Now, seven is a key number in the NBA. I know Kelly Bidlin will talk about that on primetime action. We are simpatico because we do believe that there are key numbers in basketball. A lot of people say that we are foolish for thinking that, but I think it's absolutely right because you've seen it so far today. Once it's gotten a seven, you see these things get gobbled up, and then it goes back down to six and a half because seven is the first number that's, that's a right, not a half number, but a, a round number. That is the first number that's three possessions. So that's why I think that is a key number. So once those appear, those get gobbled up. Six and a half. I don't know if I want to lay that in this spot. It's kind of a rally around the family type of game for the Atlanta Hawks. So I just went with a money line parlay there. I know we talk about key numbers a lot in the NFL. I think this is the first time hearing someone really talk about it with the NBA as well. Uh, yeah, because there is. I mean, when especially the odd numbers like five and seven, because you'll often see this more so in the regular season. When you have a two-possession game and it's a six-point game, and then there's like 15 seconds left, and you know they take timeout, 20-second timeout, and they get the ball at half court, and they can get a shot up in like two or three seconds. So they'll draw up a three, and if they miss, then you see the camera flash to the coach, and he goes, 
see you down the road because they don't <laughs> foul like in college for forever if they're down 20 points it's like foul 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 and the games go three hours so in the nba if they're not within a, a couple possessions it's like okay you got us we got 82 more or 81 more games to go. See you later. So that's basically what you get there. And that's why I think that you do have key numbers in the NBA. You have five and you have seven. And I know that most of the games don't end on those numbers, but I think we saw it. What was it? The first game Kawhi was out against the Utah Jazz. That line was two and a half. It went up to eight and a half. So you had that number that crossed three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. That is six numbers where you get some common scores land on those numbers. And then once it got to eight and a half, it's like, well, you have to buy back here. I know Kawhi is out, but, and then playoff P has a big performance and the Clippers go ahead and win. So key numbers, I do believe absolutely are a factor in basketball. Well, I want to end uh, our last two minutes here with one of my favorite games to play here on My Guys in the Desert, Would You Rather, looking at the player parlay props for tonight. So Giannis to record 33 or more points and the Bucks get a win. So that's the parlay part there. Both things have to happen. Or Chris Middleton to score 24 or more points and the Bucks to win. The odds are the same on both of these. So yes, plus 135 or no, minus 175. If I twisted your arm here, Wes, which one would you rather bet? I'd rather the Giannis prop, even though I kind of lean to the under props with both of these stars. But mm -hmm. I think Middleton's scoring maybe has a little bit chance to regress from that mm -hmm. big fourth quarter we saw on Sunday than Giannis's does. What about Trey Young to score 29 points or more and Hawks win at yes plus 450 or John Collins to score 16 points or more and Hawks get the win also at plus 470? Not necessarily because of the Trey Young injury, but just because John Collins, I do believe, is going to see more minutes. His numbers have kind of been decompressed a little bit here in this series simply because he didn't play a lot. Obviously, the starters didn't play a lot in game two when they're down 40 points going into the fourth quarter. But I just think on a minutes play, John Collins is going to have to be the guy that that steps up with Young and Bogdanovich both injured. So John Collins would be my would you rather. Would you be more scared of having to bet on a Hawks win or a Bucks win tonight? Uh, still would be a little bit more scared to bet on a Hawks win. Yeah, so consider that with those player parlays as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today on My Guys in the Desert. Thanks to Dan Rosen from the NHL.com uh, for joining us as well. And Greg Calarco to talk tennis and soccer. I'll be back here tomorrow with My Guys in the Desert. The new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.